How does it go? How does it go? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So I guess I'm the dandy I'll, I'll and the clown. on my flute. <laughs> oh, oh, I, oh, I lost my recorder. Oh dear. <laughs> oh God. All right, let's hurts. see. Oh, I love. Oh, I love the recorder. Okay, so okay. Uh, all right, hold on. Save it. Save it. Made any progress? No, not at all. And you? Hardly. I'm trapped in this infernal time eddy. What about our fellow time lords? Even steadily weaker. They can't seem to check their energy loss. Well, we can't help you, I'm afraid. Oh yes, you could. Oh, how? Well, first, turn off your force field. What? But, but I, I don't... Off, I said. But I still don't see... Oh, use your intelligence. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 70. This is Discussing Who... I'm Kyle Jones, and tonight, or today, or this morning, or whenever you're listening to it, in whatever year you might be listening to us, we are currently 2017, but we're going to be going back to the late 72 and early 73, 1972 and 73, to review the three doctors, the first multi-doctor story in Doctor Who, and the first person, so... Like I said, I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to go to someone that we are very lucky to have with us tonight for for several reasons, but mainly since the last time Lee was on with us, he was involved in a car accident that he survived, but his car didn't. So (laughs) we're very glad to have you here. So kind of tell us what's been going on with you other than the wreck. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the boring part, but um, yeah. Yeah, um, so got the school year started. You know, uh, I teach uh, playwriting and screen li- screenwriting online, so I've been getting that going. I have more students this semester than ever before. Yikes! So um, that's kind of exciting. But cool. yeah, that has been very uh, consuming. And uh, I've been uh, editing uh, Relativity, and episode twenty of twenty goes up tomorrow, podcast time. So um, yeah, as we record this, I'm about ready to put up the last episode that I have. So what happens after that? No man can say. But Well, this go. man will say, let me say this real quick. You know, um, Lee and Clarence and I are in different time zones. Clarence and I are in the same. Lee is in the same. In a different, excuse me. And I'm going to admit I've not listened to uh, episode number 19. But considering the fact that we got our time zones crossed, it's your fault, Lee, because I had planned to listen to it between 6.30 and 7.30 Central Standard Time. So you I stole that you hour that. from me. I'm just letting yeah. you know. Well, you get it back, though. Uh, well, that's true. Okay. Sooner or later. Sometime. Yeah. Uh, maybe and may- in any case. Maybe, maybe it got caught in the antimatter universe. Who knows? <laughs> right. But speaking of getting caught in the antimatter uh, universe, we've got the impossible <laughs> co-host himself, Mr. Clarence Brown. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of impossible, I'm uh, hanging off the hole, looking <laughs> off into impossible things. And it's been quite beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm great, man. How's it going? Ah, uh, going pretty good. I think Lee and I are unanimous in our opinion that we're looking forward to hearing what you think about the three doctors. Oh man, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, this should be a fun one. It should be a fun one, man. <laughs> All right, so before we get into the actual story, guys, I've got a few news items. And first off, uh, I wanted to see if any of you, or either of you, not any of you, there's only two of you, but if either of you were aware that we will have a recast Ben and Polly in tw- um, Twice Upon a Time at Christmas. Were either of you aware of that? I was guessing it because uh, the trailer did show just a little glimpse of Polly. And I thought they're either going to be digitally inserting uh, <laughs> this actor into that scene or we're just going to have another Polly. So Ben as well. So Clarence, were you, were you aware of that? Uh, I do not know who Ben and Polly are, so I'm going to so say there you no. go. <laughs> the, they were the companions um, with the Doctor at the Tenth Planet. Yeah, after uh, Ian and Barbara left, they right. Ah, they, they traveled with him, and so so they were the ones who were the eyewitnesses of the first uh, regeneration, even before it was called a regeneration. Correct. So, uh, and then in the story that follows on, um, the two of them are in conflict because one of them believes that's the doctor and the other one doesn't. Oh, so, so uh, yeah, you've actually seen the, yeah, seen seen the them, cartoon versions seen the, of them. Yeah. The animated right. versions of them. Exactly, yeah. That's right. So, yeah. yeah um, well, and, are uh, these you'll humans? See another, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so it would really bend people's minds if we had the animated version of them in, the, <laughs> in this Christmas special. <laughs> so, 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 so let me ask you guys a question, and this is just in a question. I guess is the series as a whole, considering the fact that you do deal with time travel in this uh, story, and as the years progress. The, unfortunately, because we're all humans and humans eventually will pass away, will what do you guys think of in this particular story that we're about to see at Christmas? You, you will have the doctor who will be played by a different person. You've got a um, two of the companions who are going to be played by different actors. What do you yeah. guys think about that? Um. I think it's kind of hard because for some people, uh, their first doctor was, you know, the real one and not, not this guy coming in and, and portraying him. So, I mean, I dare say when they get to recasting the fourth doctor, you will raise, uh, uh, AT double hockey sticks uh-huh. at the notion of <laughs> another actor portraying the fourth doctor. So yeah. for some people, I can definitely see this, uh, ticking them off. And, and what, Lee, what do you think? Oh, I, I was just thinking the exact same thing, is that the sticking place is going to be Tom Baker. Correct. <laughs> that I think people will put up a lot with a lot of Randy Gazoo, because we've already seen another act. We've, we've seen several other actors play the first Doctor. Now. Right. We've seen uh, another actor play the second Doctor, kind of, right. I guess, I mean, in Adventure in Time and Space. But he's actually playing Patrick Troutman, so anyway. But yeah, um I don't know. But, but you know, uh, having said that, I was just kind of doing the math. Sean Pertwee has grown up to look exactly, exactly. like his father. Right. And that's so what I was about to say. If there's anybody who stepped in and, you know, he keeps in the family, he, he doesn't, it doesn't jar that it doesn't look like him. So, you know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. And, and does yeah. it, and this is in no disrespect to the portrayer, you know, the actors who played Ben and Polly, um, Originally, but my question then becomes, 
would it be more likely to be accepted as Ben and Polly than if someone were uh, we were creating or recreating a, a moment with the fourth doctor or something and they pull Sarah Jane out of time and there's another uh-huh. actress playing her? You know, would that be less accepted? And the reason I ask that is I've heard no, uh, just, you know, like reading different posts and reading things on social media, I've not seen any negativity about recasting Ben and Polly, but um, there is a character that Mark Gatiss is playing that is only referenced as the captain, and and that has Mm -hmm. people speculating you know, and the speculative is negative. And, and do either of you kind of get where people are going with the captain? Yeah, he, he's he's got the brigadier's mustache and everything. He, Correct. he looks like he's supposed to be Lethbridge Stewart. And uh, I don't like that. I just don't. No, I, me either. Because because one of the things to like, I think we'll, we'll get into the many things to not like about three doctors. But one of the things I love about this <laughs> is that is when the brigadier and Sergeant Benton both step inside the TARDIS for the first time. Yes. And... Um, you know, that's a, that, I'm sorry, that's a fixed point in time. That's when the Brigadier was in the TARDIS for the first time. And so don't tell us that it isn't. So, right, and even if they call him the captain because it was years before, and I know the captain, I mean, the, the Brig appeared in a second Doctor story. I know all of that. But still, right. I'm like what you said. It's just don't mess with, you know, and, and it goes back to you can mess with some characters and you can't mess with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it just the notion that these that the first doctor should know the brigadier? Is that your issue? Or right. uh, yeah, yeah, okay. he's not in the time. He's not in our continuity at that point. He's not in the. If we're going back to tenth planet, yeah, he he wouldn't be there. You know, and that, uh-huh. and that and just if he opened. had been, he'd remember it, or we're going to play that game again where we'll say you won't remember this when it's all over. Yeah, and that's the and I guess that's the question is we're going to assume that he doesn't remember or who knows. But I guess we're going mm. actually in the future, not the past, talking about uh the future uh of what's coming, but um Clarence, I think you were about to make a thought. No, 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 go ahead. All right, well, I do want to go actually into the future and mention something that is coming up in 2018. I was following, uh, I've got it on a feed so that anything that's updated on the Hulanta website, I get a, you know, like a notice of it. And I got a notice uh, this past week or either this week or week before last. But regardless, um, the Hulanta dates for 2018 are set. It is May 4th, 5th, and 6th of 2018. And the venue has actually changed. It is now going to be at the Hilton Atlanta Airport uh, Center and Hotel, I think is the name of it. Um, But I do want to mention two people who are going to be headlining this year. Louise Jameson, who we all know as Leela from uh, the uh, Fourth Doctor's era. She actually replaced or was the companion that joined right after Sarah Jane left. And Rachel Talele. She didn't replace Serge. No, no, she could never, no, <laughs> never replace. But, and then Rachel Talele. Um, all right, is that how you pronounce it? T-A-L-A-L-A-Y, Talele? I don't know. Talele? Maybe Talele. 
We'll have to ask her when we get there next year. How do That's you pronounce right. your yeah. uh, name? <laughs> but she's directed uh, several of the um, Doctor Twelfth uh, Doctor episodes, um, and that that should be quite interesting. So there you go, news. So do you guys have any other news that you can think of? Uh, not at all. <laughs> that sounds like no. I think I'm, I'm that's. Busy a, I think that's. A, busy writing uh, down those dates. Well, speaking of uh, writing down, uh, I had told you guys before we got started that I was going to make reference to uh, my news and my notes, and I may even take a picture of this and post it on our social media. But um, since I lost my hour, my notes are literally written on uh, two little uh, small little pieces of paper. So if you hear. Paper in the background, and that's my notes because I don't have them digitized. But I guess that means it's perfect for 1973, considering yeah. the fact we didn't have uh, computers as small as what we have today. All right, so guys, are you ready to get into the um, story itself? Yeah, let's yeah. Do it. I've, I've already knocked my microphone over, so uh, <laughs> so we're we're technically perfect. We'll have rustling paper and giant mic noise, and uh, okay, cool. Yeah, so so yeah, yeah, we're perfect for 1973. <laughs> All right. Well, considering the fact that it's just fun for me to say this, but I really think that if you have not seen the um, Three Doctors by now, and you're a Doctor Who fan, you pretty much know that. Doctors come together from time to time, but for the sake of I just like doing this, um, if you haven't seen it, put us on pause. We will be right here. Go watch The Three Doctors. Uh, It's available now on BritBox. Go watch it, and henceforth, spoilers. 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 And I really like doing that. But anyway, so let's let's get a two little... Two hours later. Two hours later. <laughs> All right, so um, let's look at uh, just a few uh, things from my paper notes. This, um, The Three Doctors, was actually the first serial of the 10th season of Doctor Who. It was in four parts, broadcast between the 30th of December, 1972, and the 20th of January, 1973. It was written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin, directed by Lenny Main. Script editor was Terrence Dix, and it was produced by Barry Letts. It starred Joe Grant, uh, I mean, Katie Manning, excuse me, as Joe Grant, John Levine as Sergeant Benton, and Nicholas Courtney as Sir Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. And it is just noted, just as an FYI, that it was the last acting role for William Hartnell before his death in 1975. Oh, man. So, That's a downer, man. So, Clarence, yeah. I'll let yeah, you go first. two years after this. Yeah, so, he, yeah, so he, you know, this was 73, and it's probably recorded. Well, obviously it was recorded in 72, so he's, he lived three more years after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a little bit better. <laughs> but still, <laughs> we redeemed it. <laughs> right, so, so, Clarence, you're the new kid on the block for this story. <sighs> what did you think? <laughs> first impression. So let's go go like a little bit episode by episode. <laughs> so that first episode. Yeah, go uh, The first episode I thought was very interesting. Um, coming from 
the uh, unearthly child to this. We're in color now, which is mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, a lot of countryside in this first episode here, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which I was surprised by that as well. Uh, overall, the first episode, I have to say, I enjoyed it, and part of that may just be seeing the characters um, and seeing them interact for the first time. But I must say, uh, <laughs> if we're just talking about the first episode, I enjoyed it. But the last three, I had problems with, huge problems with. But uh, I'll let you guys give your opinion before I get, dive deep. <laughs> All right, go for it, Lee. What was your, what's your biggest memory of that first episode? Well, I've seen it many times. So I have to think about what, what did the what did I think coming back to it? It struck me that the, that we don't go to unit, you know, and the doctor and Joe and everybody uh, until halfway through the episode. Um, yeah. So we really spend a lot of time with the with the poacher out there and the the the, the mystery of where he's gone and what's going on and the uh, the scientists who have the uh, the weather balloon and so on and so forth. Um, and it really does. It, it's a reminder that this was the tempo of the show throughout most of the classic era. There were these little problems to solve and you you kind of hunkered in you got to know people and and there were a lot of characters and and uh uh, we went on location a lot and uh and that's when the series was revived in 2015 you know we had a whole story in an hour and it just went like a rocket i i kind of thought you know i'm really glad the series is back it's not really the doctor who that i know just because um, there isn't that languid pace anymore. Right. So for, for better or for worse, you know, I mean, I, I missed it just because that's the doctor who that I know, but having said that sometimes, you know, the, uh, uh, I think Lewis is the one who says that sometimes they, uh, uh, they did a six episode serial when it was clearly supposed to be four and you can, you can sense them stretching <laughs> to try yeah. to get two more episodes out. I was like, please. So, uh, yeah. So uh, let me ask you this, yeah. let, or let me ask you both this, mm. uh, considering the fact that as it was originally, you know, conceived as a story, it was written or, or thought, maybe not written, but it was intended, or better way to say it, intended for all three doctors to have an active participation in in the story as a whole unfortunately mm-hmm. william hartnell was not you know able to physically do that at the time so do does some of the you know and we'll never know this but could we speculate that some of the lag that we were feeling was because we had filler there because it you knew mm-hmm. you had an episode block of four and now you had to rewrite it with two point 25 or 2.5 doctors not really three i don't i don't even know if there was a script that, that involved the first doctor more that that i i i, I kind now, of imagine that that was that was known from the beginning do you know and, and it may well been i i just know whenever i was uh reading it or reading up on it that i read somewhere and that that uh, the original, and again, they may not have gotten to the point of being, you know, writing it, but the original intent was to have mm-hmm. them act, you know, actively participating. Sure. But then, he, then they had to scale him back. Seems strangely familiar. Is it yours, Joe? Flute? No. Well, properly speaking, it's a recorder. Thank you. I was wondering where that had got to. 
You haven't been trying to play this, have you? Oh, I can see you've been doing the TARDIS up a bit. Hmm. I don't like it. Oh, my word. Oh, dear. We are in trouble, aren't we? Just as when I turned up. Doctor, Doctor where, where did you spring from? Now, don't tell me. Corporal Benton, isn't it? Sergeant Benton, now. How do you do, my dear? Nice to see you. I haven't seen you since that nasty business with the Cybermen. Yeah, and I, I can definitely see that once you get to the second episode, where uh, Charlton is pretty much by himself a lot. And then maybe into the third episode. But uh, I can definitely see uh, a two-doctor interaction there being a lot more interesting <laughs> than it was, as 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 it were, or as we got it. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I wish I could have seen that. But, <laughs> yeah. but unfortunately, we had the, the first doctor on on a screen. Mm-hmm. That's about it. So now you understand where I get that. So you are my replacement, hmm? A dandy and a clown. <laughs> well, you've been fiddling with it, haven't you? It was perfectly all right until you touched it. Now, if only you'd leave things to me. If we were to leave things to you, my dear fellow, we'd be in a fine pickle, wouldn't we? Well, Look, you lost the image, not I me. I did not lose the image. I it said it. You saw it. Look, both of you. Look. Ah, there you are. I seem to be stuck up here. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, so you're my replacements. <laughs> a dandy and a clown. Have you done anything? Well, we've uh, assessed the situation. Just as I thought. <laughs> Nothing. Well, it's not easy, you know. Not as if we knew what that stuff is. No. Then I'll tell you. It's a time bridge. Is it what? I see. Now, what's a bridge for, eh? Well, uh, crossing. Right. So stop dilly-dallying and cross it. Uh, no, wait! You, you, uh, you faded him again. I did not yes, fade you him again. I shall ask, but who was that? Me. Me! Dandy in a clown. Dandy in a clown. So, so Clarence, what was your... This was the first time, correct me if I'm wrong here, that you've ever have seen the third doctor in a a continued scene is am i correct there yes 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 uh overall i really enjoyed him and i thought he fit the role well uh Mm -hmm. you know i could see him being in a series today as a doctor i thought he was really kind of although i guess the dress his clothes were a little uh old school as well as his ride (laughs) but i do like his (laughs) His more James Bondish take on the mm-hmm. Doctor, uh, I thought was really cool. Uh, we got to see him have a little fisticuss with the little mm-hmm. um, the, the imaginary monster. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed him, and I can I can see somebody definitely being in his style as, as a Doctor. They reminded me a little bit of uh, Capaldi, just a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, mean, I wonder if yeah, it had I- anything to do with a red velvet jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, yeah, because I think the that's a deliberate, sleeves. yeah, yeah. So, Lee, uh, I, I want to mention Katie Manning, and I know you've met her, correct? I have. So um, tell us a little bit about Joe Grant. I, I just think Katie Manning is just as cute as a little bug, and she's 71 now, and she's still just the cutest thing. <laughs> um, 
I love the fact that she turned up on the Sarah Jane adventures once yes. uh, with the, with the uh, Matt Smith. So the 10th doctor and uh, Joe Grant and uh, Sarah Jane were all there <laughs> in the same story. Uh, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, uh, Joe um, is it sort of bridges a gap because she is, she's very often uh, running and screaming uh, and high heels and falling down. And which is, you know, something that we've always hated about, uh, you know, the doctor's companions um, and that the actors who played them didn't like it. And, you know, that they, they complain, can, can I do something besides stand here and scream? <laughs> but she is a, a full fledged member of unit. And she when she's introduced, yes. she's supposed to be a cryptographer. And um, the doctor refers to her as his assistant frequently. Uh, she doesn't uh, complain. And he always says, just do what I tell you, uh, which is a little off-putting sometimes to, for a modern sensibility. But uh, but my golly, she's smart. And and they often, um, the scripts let her be smart. And I appreciated that. Christian, how did he get in here? Well, it's a bit difficult to explain, Joe. He's not one of them, is he? Well, not so much one of them as one of us. One of me, to be precise. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, my dear. I hate to be contrary, but I can see he's a little bit confused, poor old chap. And I do feel you should have the correct explanation. You don't mind, do you? Yes. I didn't think you would. You see, Joe, I may call you Joe, mayn't I? You see, he is one of me. Oh, I see. You're both Time Lords. Well, quite. Well, not quite. Oh. Not, not just Time Lords. We're the same Time Lord. Now, please, you're only confusing my assistant. Joe, it's all quite simple. I am he, and he is me. And we are all together, Goo Goo Kichu? Mm -hmm. What? It's a song by the Beatles. Oh, how does it go? Oh, please be quiet. Look, is he really you? Yes, yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> so I think he is, Miss Grant. You see, when the Brick and I first met the Doctor, he looked like him. How? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. You've got no right to be here. Perhaps. What about the first law of time? Perhaps I could explain. Perhaps you could. Well, our fellow Time Lords out there are just as much under siege as we are. What? and they couldn't send anyone to help you. But they did summon up enough temporal energy to lift me out of my bit of our time stream and pop me down here, into my own future, so to speak. Why? My dear fellow, you are being a bit dim, aren't you? Your effectiveness is now doubled. Halved, more like. Now, now, there's no need to be ungracious. Suppose we have a look uh, at our problem, shall we? Uh, you don't mind, do you? Oh, be my guest. Oh, thank you. Um... So uh, and and uh, spoilers the, when we when it's time to uh, for her to leave the series when she uh, they wrote her out in, in, a, in a way that still brings a little tear to my eye. I was I was really uh, you, you have to hop ahead to um, what's it called? The Green Death. The Green Death. Yes. Yeah. To uh, to to see that. But uh, it's her own choice. And the do and she and the doctor deal with it as equals. And, uh, I, you know, it's, it's a great little moment. But she is just a, a, yeah, she's just a barrel of laughs in person. So if you ever get a chance to, to see her at a at a convention, yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> so and she, uh, I, I have to say this, she is very uh, like the discussing who are we follow her on Twitter, and she yeah. is one of the most positive people. I mean, she, you know, you'll see various stars from various genres, you know, get really. You know, almost like, you know, everything that comes out of them. And I'm not, you know, directing this at anyone in who. I'm just saying just in yeah. general can be really, really negative. And um, she, on the other hand, it seems like always puts everything in a positive light. 
So kudos yeah. to her. Yeah, yeah, she is a she is a peace and love person. Um, yeah, the person from this cast that I've actually spent the most time around is John Levine, uh, Sergeant Benton. Right, and um, uh, he is he is a, a, a uh, he's a convention hound. I mean, he loves to do these kinds, <laughs> you know. And so uh, I've, I've been to several different conventions where where John was one of the one of the guests, and does he love to? T- he's a great storyteller, and he's huh. got a million of them because you know, as you heard referred to in Third Doctor, he. You know, he he was a a nominal companion of the second Doctor, and was with the third Doctor throughout his time, and then overlaps with the with the fourth Doctor. So he he really has a, a legacy on the show. So, um, you yeah. know, I'm just a great guy. You know, I want to say this. You made me think of something, Lee, and I probably said this either on um, Podshock or on here before, but regard or on both. But if not, it's worth repeating. That was the scene, because think about it, this was uh, the Sarah Jane Adventures where, um, you know, Katie Manning appeared as Joe Grant, was mm-hmm. shortly after uh, Matt had premiered as the fifth, I mean, excuse me, uh, season five of with the 11th Doctor. Mm-hmm. And I had not really accepted Matt. I was still into the David Tennant, you know, I've, you know, my 10th doctor, where is he? I, you know, who are yeah. you? You're not, you're, oh, I just don't like you yet. And the, the scene that he had with Joe Grant and when they're, when, when she's talking about why did you come back for Sarah Jane, but you never came back for me. Yeah. That was a beautiful scene. It yeah, made yeah. me cry and it made me yeah, beautifully played yeah. and it made me say, I, you are the doctor now. So, so <laughs> I have her to thank of, for my accepting Matt Smith. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? So Clarence question. Sure. Sir Alistair Gordon, uh, Lethbridge Stewart. What did you think? Surely not sir at this point, but yeah, no, but I just like saying that. Yeah, exactly. It's a great name. <laughs> so, what did you think of the brig? Oh, um, I thought he was quite awesome. Um, you know, I'm trying to think, is there anything about him that just stood out? Uh, I thought his acting was very good. It was very believable. Uh, but, you know, this is just four short episodes where we see him. So, and, and, and to be quite honest, nothing he did in these episodes is really spectacular. Um, it was just kind of, you know, he barking was orders, there. barking orders. Yeah. Well, well, he barked a few, um, <laughs> but that's what the brigadier does, and that's yeah. what that's what's so lovable about him. He barks orders. You, you yeah, have, I, you, I think you have gotten the full uh, Lethbridge Stewart experience because this is sort of it's like the running joke of his time on the show is he's going to say, "Okay, I know what to do. Let's shoot it." Yes, uh, and that doesn't work. So now, what do we do? Uh, you know, and and he's always in denial too. The doctor will tell him what's happening. He goes, this nonsense. Oh, so <laughs> is that his stick? <laughs> That's his thing. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, like I'm gonna grab this communicator and talk to some people. That's not gonna work. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> yeah. So and, and I really think you know. See, going back and watching these two episodes, or or these four episodes for me, was. And, and a unique experience considering the fact, and, and I'm going to harken back to something that Lewis um, has said before on Podshock, which is, one, you have to try to put yourself in the mindset, not in today's standards, but in the era in which this was actually made. And sometimes that's very hard to do. But on the flip side, this was the first time I've ever watched this 
in the mindset of I've got to talk about this, not I'm just randomly sitting here and watching. Huh. And having done that, it's amazing how many times in this uh, episode or this story that things that we take for granted, this was the first time they happened. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, okay. th- wow. I, I'm interested in hearing this because I don't. Well, of course, you know, for me, this is my first time seeing these characters do some of this stuff. Yeah. But I didn't really take it as the first time it's happened since the series has been around 10 years or 10 yeah. seasons. So right. tell me what is the first <laughs> besides the doctor's meeting? What's what's the first uh, of these of this arc? All right. Uh, Lee, would you like to go first? Well, because this is the third Doctor's era, the the sort of the conceit of the show is that he's been marooned on the Earth, and so he becomes the scientific advisor for the United Nations Intelligence Task Force, and and, and so the TARDIS is parked there in that lab, and that's the standing set for the show, not the interior of the TARDIS, but that lab with the TARDIS in the background, and sometimes they forget that it's there. I swear, what? they they talk about it like it's not there, right? Um, and which is a little nuts making to me as somebody who, you know, looking back across it, you kind of say every now and the doctor will say, if only we had a way to. Well, it's probably in the darkness. Wow. <laughs> but it's but the door is locked. So nobody goes in there. And um, so that's why one of the first and one of the things I like about three doctors is that we see Sergeant Benton go finally get in there for the first time. And to, and to basically his reaction, you'll remember sort of, well, I knew it had to be something like this. Yeah. <laughs> and the brigadier comes in and he goes straight to brigadierness and says, so this is what you've been doing with unit funds. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but thanks for playing. You know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So having that door open and actually using that interior set again is, uh, uh, is the first time those two characters come in. So that, that's wow. one of the firsts for this. Uh, All right. this and what about, and what about the call sign on the, um, on the TARDIS is black with white letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that's not how it is now, is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, no. I'm, but uh, actually, every Doctor's TARDIS is slightly different, um, huh. and that's that's one of the most striking ones. Is that for a while that the, the text on that sign was reversed? Because think about how different um, the Tenth Doctor's TARDIS looked, and then when um, it repaired itself for Matt Smith's Doctor, how different you know and bright and blue that it was compared to the Tenth Doctor's. Hmm. Mm. And now it has the uh, St. John's ambulance symbol on the door that it had in the days of the first doctor. And they lost it somewhere along the way. And, uh, yeah, now it's, now it's back. So. Yeah. And another thing was the first, uh, law of time. That was also one of the, um, first times you had ever heard of that about not crossing your own time stream. That, right. I mean, because there's never there, before this, there'd never been, quote unquote, a need to because, well, the actors had left and been replaced. <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't think that we were actually going to try to get them in the same story. Correct. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, 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 one of the things I had forgotten was that the first time that Omega pitches one of his uh, kind of Doctor Doom kind of fits was um, uh, when he learns that the the law. The, of time has been violated um 
I, I was having trouble making that make sense for the character, but okay, <laughs> you know, but he's yeah, deeply I mean, offended by that, you know. So, <laughs> and am I am I understanding it correct that he is the creator of the uh, Time Lord's ability to to go through time? Is that kind of the the gist That's, of what? Yeah, and and we're learning that in this show is that this is where we establish that it all begins with Omega, right? Which is kind of cool. I, I actually really yeah. love that about the story. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Though though <laughs> the whole idea of this dire crisis of all of a sudden that they didn't really explain in the first episode, really, uh, they were just like the Time Lords are like we have this dire crisis that needs to be resolved, but they don't really go into depth to tell you what really is the issue. I guess the energy is being drained or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah, I was just like kind of confused until Mega actually explained it in like the third episode. I'm like, okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, a little, little late, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Though I've always thought the the stakes aren't really clear. Uh, why why are we why are we supposed to care? So yeah, um, and we've seen the Time Lords being uh, on Gallifrey. We've seen them them being jerks before, so we're kind <laughs> of accustomed to their. You know, we don't care what happens to everybody else, but we're going to take care of ourselves. And so that's in character, but not a first. And, and you know uh-huh. what I find interesting about the Time Lords is even from the very beginning, and, you, and Lee, you said a very good way to describe them. They've just been described as uptight jerks from the very beginning. Yeah, because Cla- like a Time Lord Prime Directive or something. <laughs> Other than <laughs> being, <laughs> yeah, just being jerks. I mean, yeah. you, you were talking, Clarence, uh, or, or um, Lee mentioned about you know the the TARDIS being stationary. It was stationary because he had been punished. He being the Doctor, because that was at the end of the War Games when they forced his regeneration into the Third. They um, exiled him to Earth without the ability to uh, use the TARDIS. Which I do think it was awesome that we got to see the uh, dematerialization circuit, which we saw in the the latest series as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. True, true. Good and point. I couldn't remember what was the story where he got the dematerialization circuit back. So you know, this was kind of nice. Here it is. Yeah, I I really like that too. That they went they they paid enough attention to that to make sure that it actually looked like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think the the one that Missy had was was smaller. But, uh, which kind of made sense if she's been carrying it around all this time. But, true. <laughs> yeah. um, but but who's to say now? I remember one time the doctor had on a coat, and he they, oh. they asked him, how did you get that? And he said, oh, it's bigger on the inside. That's right. His pockets are bigger on the inside. That's so, right. So, yeah, she, she may be carrying <laughs> Yeah, she's apparently been carrying a knife all this time too. Spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> and see that right there proves that Mary Poppins is is a Time Lord because in the Mary Poppins movie <laughs> she took all these things out of her. Absolutely. So there you go. Um, another thing that was striking to me um, with with this, especially this first episode, when you had for the first time. I mean, I know you had seen or you had had companions. Ben and Polly being one, uh, you had had um, Benton as well as the Brig who had met the second Doctor and it was now working with the third Doctor. But this was the first time that any character had been confronted with, oh, well, he used to look, when I first met him, he looked like him, that, that, that whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. So, Clarence, yeah, what, I, I, what other question? Oh, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to comment on that. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it did kind of start to wear thin on me that they kept referring back to the fact that they're the same person. Um, you know, different times, different, you know, <laughs> different times certainly than we are now. But they just kept t- mentioning it, mentioning that again and again. I was like, OK, we get it. And I understand when a new character walks in, they're going to have that kind of same reaction. You're the same person. What? You know, uh, it's kind of worth it on me. But yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> You know, here's the thing that 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 just doesn't make sense to me, and it's something that I've been thinking about ever since uh, Jodie Foster, not Jodie Foster, Jodie Whitaker, <laughs> Jodie Whitaker has been named as you know the thirteenth uh, Doctor. Spoiler, and uh, you know that the, they've been she talking what? talking <laughs> about. Um, you know, you know, what would her costume be and what, you know, what she going to wear? And, and it's just popped into my head more so because of people talking about that as do their clothes change sizes when they regenerate? Because if so, you went from Patrick Troughton to, um, um, you know, Pertwee, uh, John Pertwee, mm-hmm. who was you know, a lot taller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a head and a half taller. Yeah. You know, and, and even so with Matt Smith and David Tennant, you kind of went back in the opposite direction with mm-hmm. Matt being a little shorter. So, yeah. um, and then back up again with Capaldi. So my point being, um, you know, I guess, does that say when, when they regenerate their clothes stretch with them or shrink with them right. or whatever? Uh, yeah, unstable molecules. Ah, hey, Richard. If, yeah. if the Hulk can retain those shorts, I That's think true. this is all right. That's right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and I, well, I'm going to switch uh, to comic books real quick. They actually, Clarence, explained that in Marvel comics, at least, not necessarily for the Hulk because they, they're shredded, but for the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and the X Men and all of that. How their clothes are able to change, and Lee, I, you know, since you brought it up, <laughs> would you like to share? It's one of the many adventures of Reed Richards: unstable molecules that change with people who, who have the ability to change. So that's part of where the Fantastic Four's millions come from: is his licensing and merchandising of unstable molecules, <laughs> which is one of my favorite double talk explanations of all: to unstable molecules. Huh. Okay, <laughs> and I think they briefly explained it in the first uh, Fantastic Four movie. I think they kind of maybe yeah, for a I think they can talk about that. Did, yeah. Probably did, but that's how they can you know light himself up on fire and you know right. or his clothes stretch with him because because yeah. th- if you think about it, it makes no sense that Mister Fantastic can stretch and, and they were smart enough sometimes to uh, when he was not in his costume. I had never thought about that. To mm-hmm. that is, if he stretched his arms, the clothes didn't always stretch if he wasn't in the costume. Ah, That's right. yeah. So, 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 guys, can we uh, pivot off of this uh, talk of clothing? And uh, <laughs> I have a bone to pick. Okay, go for it. Hot dog. Do time lords possess uh, telepathic abilities? Because several times mm. in this episode. The doctors 
kind of look at each other, close their eyes, and transfer <laughs> knowledge. Contact. Co- Contact. Concentrate. <laughs> to- oh, oh, man. I, that was so bad. <laughs> I, that was just extremely weird to me because I haven't seen it anywhere um, in the new Who. So, I mean, not often do we have multiple doctors on the screen. but Right. No, but um, I think um, – I remember being surprised sometimes in the new series when we've hinted that the doctor's got some kind of a telepathic power. Right. And then I have to remember back that we actually have seen in the classic series, and this may be another first. This may be the first time that we ever got that. But it is sort of inside the story that the two of them can, the two of him can communicate <laughs> with each other that way and share. Yeah. You know, he says, let me, I've got to bring you into the picture, he says the first time they do it. But, um, uh, you remember uh, the Eleventh Doctor? He uh, he 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 gives uh, James Corden's character in the Lodger. He gives him the whole backstory about who he is and where he came from by, by butting heads with him. Right. Huh. Uh, and um, the, uh, Donna. Well, we, we, Donna. Yeah. Well, um, the the Doctor is the one who does that whole business of of wiping her memory. And the, and the, yeah. we saw Peter Capaldi's Doctor. He was about to do it to Bill. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's good. Wow. And before they and before let's go to Clara for a second. Uh before they used the device that she had reversed the polarity on to wipe her memory, he made the statement to me saying or a shielder saying, you know, I normally do this telepathically, but I've got a device that's much cleaner. Oh. Huh. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. and, and- and then that doesn't seem now that you bring all those excellent points up, <laughs> that doesn't seem like too far of a stretch when we think that he has this piece of paper that he can just show people and yeah. <laughs> he can pretty much be whoever he wants to be. So good point. <laughs> well, 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 let me throw this in. I, as far as, and again, this is not, 19- we don't think of him as being. A- no, go not ahead. At all. Well, you know, in 73, that kind of look, you know, that, that contact and that, Flashback, flashback, flashback looked looked awkward to me. But the way they did it in the day of the doctor, when you had the uh, war doctor and the 11th doctor and the 10th doctor uh, talking to each other, and then how in the conversation you see them start getting what they were talking about. So that to me made much more sense of the telepathicness of, of things as opposed to the contact, contact, contact. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So more bones, Clarence. Yeah. 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 Keep going, Clarence. Good, good one. Uh, What was the other one? Um, now that you put me on the spot again, <laughs> um, just just I think I mentioned this before before, but you know again I thought it wasn't really justified uh, for this peril that the Time Lords were in that that we had to uh, that they have to pull this miraculous trick of 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 uh, merging time streams, which you know the other Time Lords were adamant against, but you had this one rogue Time Lord who said we're going to do this no matter what, so. Yeah, I don't know. Felt felt really weird to me. Uh oh yeah, my biggest bone to pick about this arc is the recorder. And the resolution which the recorder provided <laughs> just didn't oh, make yeah, you any don't like my sense. recorder. <laughs> oh man. 
Why don't you like my recorder? I love my recorder. <laughs> I love my recorder. But I, it, is a, it is a funny thing, and, and that has always rubbed me the wrong way, too. But I, as a writer, anyway, I, I understand that the whole joke, and it really was a joke from the, the, the time of the second Doctor, and so they got to play with it again in 1973, um, that um, he thinks he's a musician and he's not. I always work better with music. Exactly. <laughs> he, he wants to pick up on, uh, uh, yeah, I am the walrus, you know, <laughs> Jane's going to play that on the yeah. floor. Um, uh, you know, and, and so the whole joke is that he, he, he thinks he's good at this and he, and he doesn't understand why other people doesn't enjoy it. Don't, why other people don't enjoy it. And uh, so it, it is a kind of a precarious thing to do as a comic moment is to do something that is going to be annoying to everybody. And you're supposed to laugh. That's, that's yeah. tough. Um, and I'm not sure it ever really worked, but yeah, it, <laughs> in the few second doctor stories we have where we can see him doing that stuff, it's clearly really, un- everybody just wants him to knock it off. And I guess the, the way to make it work is the 11th doctor's running joke that he thinks that he could put a, a silly hat on and he looks cool, you know, and, and everyone around him says, no, <laughs> yeah. now, see, he was cool. cool. You know. <laughs> but see now with the 11th doctor, I always did look at that as being what you just said. He's, he, he thinks it looks cool and everybody else doesn't. But with the second right. doctor, I didn't take the recorder the way either of you did. The way I took it as that was a, um, that was a distraction or a look the other direction. I, I'm the bumbling clown. I'm an idiot. Oh. You know, don't take me seriously while I'm actually uh, observing and taking and looking at everything that's going on and figuring this out. Oh, clown. Oh, bumbling idiot. Oh, and here I've got the solution. Yeah. Yeah. To keep them off yeah. guard, to keep them. Right. What, that's how I always interpreted it. Yeah. He's supposed to be a step ahead, but yeah, I don't know. It just like, com- comically, it's, it's. I'm just not sure it works. <laughs> and it is. I, I agree with Clarence. In the Three Doctors, it is at its most annoying. <laughs> and didn't he say one of my favorite lines? I think he did. Oh, you've been doing the place up a bit. I don't like oh, it. Oh, yes. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think this is the institution of that running joke. I think yes. that's another first. Is yes. it, this is where that. That's that what I thought. Ends. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Clarence, uh, does this, and it may, because a lot of people don't attach her to him, uh, and, and I'll tell you who the her and the him are, but <laughs> now that you've seen the brigadier in an actual story, does that give another layer to um, Kate Stewart when, uh, when you think of her? Uh no, nah, not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not really. But I mean, yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Um I guess yeah, yeah. Because of course what well, she's his daughter, right? Correct. Is that, is that what I remember yeah, correctly? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I guess it does. Uh a bit. But I mean the roles are played totally different. Um in in my eyes, you know, I guess mm-hmm. I don't have enough of the brigadier to know for sure, but to me one is more kind of cunning and than the other, but uh, that could be my misread. No, I, I I was actually watching this, thinking about that. That I like the idea of having a, a character in the current continuity who is the, supposed to be the brigadier's daughter. And uh, yeah, it's not one of those apple didn't fall far from the tree things. She's learned from all of 
her father's mistakes. You know, she yeah. she listens to the doctor and pays attention, and she's not going to argue with him. So. Correct. My, uh, you may appreciate this is from the first of the uh, fourth doctor stories, but this is my favorite brigadier quote of all time: is that they're they're shooting at this giant robot, and he says to nobody in particular, "You know, just once I'd like to meet an alien menace that wasn't immune to bullets." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah, that sums him up right there. It's like, why can't we just shoot them? I don't get this. <laughs> Oh, man. And, you know, with with the Brigadier, one thing that is unique about him that, that he shared with Sarah Jane, actually, is not only did he have experience or airtime with the second Doctor during the second Doctor's era and the third Doctor and the fourth Doctor, but they even brought him back and he was in a fifth Doctor story. He oh, was wow. he was in the five doctors. He was Ooh. in um, the a seventh doctor uh, story, and then um, years and years and years and years later, uh, he uh, showed up in an episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Oh, cool! So yeah. you know he had so much history across you know decades of being the brigadier. Yeah, and the thing I, I could. Oh, go ahead, Lee. Look at that actor in costume without thinking that I remember reading an interview with that. Uh, I, I always look at the actor and think about uh, uh, an interview I read with Nicholas Courtney once talking about the fact that the thing about how old he is here in 1973, he was of age in World War Two. So he was in the army, uh, but he never wow. rose beyond private. So he, he used to talk about the fact that, you know, you know, as, as an actor, you know, you get into character, you get into your costume, you look at yourself in the mirror. He says, I would look in the mirror and it was a long time before I didn't think I could get shot for this <laughs> <laughs> because he's standing there wearing the uniform of a brigadier general. You got to, you know, get, get that out of your head, you know, <laughs> anyway. So um, if you were to say, and uh, Lee, I'll go with you first. If you were to rate this for the story itself, and I'm going to do uh, two ratings, the story itself and the story in, in, as it is in the historicalness of the uh, entirety of Doctor Who, how would you rate on those two scales? Mm. Wow. This is complicated by the fact that I've just seen the fifth, the five doctors again. And, uh, uh yeah, the, the, f- <laughs> compared to the five doctors, the three doctors is citizen Kane. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. I can't, I can't wait for us to all get together to talk about five doctors because it is, I don't know. I don't have any other words besides train wreck. It's like they <laughs> oh, tried, boy. they tried to set out to do everything that three doctors does and it, all goes wrong and just every oh my wow. god what a mess um so so yeah compared to that i was watching three doctors <laughs> thinking hey that's really very good the way that i like that um but yeah um but yeah lewis is right you gotta say it's 1973 this is the 10th season of the show compared to everything you've seen before this has got to be the best doctor who ever i mean this is really this, yeah, I, th- I just think this has got to be the, 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 the moment where you wow. say, my God, I love this show. Three doctors on screen at the same time. We found out what the origin of the Time Lords are, and it's Omega, and you take his mask off, and there's nobody there. Holy cow, you know. Oh. It's got everything, um, I oh. think. 
you know, I'm trying to imagine if I was, I don't know, if I was 12, you know, in the... 1970. Wait a minute. I was 12 in 1970, but I wasn't watching the show. You know what I mean? If I had been in the UK and had seen this show, then I, you know, I think I would have just thought this was about as good as it can get. So, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that that's my thought. I, I don't think I can put a number on it, but. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, right. Clarence? Clarence? <laughs> Different perspective. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm as high on it as Lee. Um, and. I think that's purely because I've been a new who person. Um, actually, I enjoyed an unearthly child way more than this, way more. Yeah. Um, and I can't say why. I think it may be because it was just so fresh and and new. Then I guess uh, you see the inceptions of a lot of things that might be why I enjoyed the unearthly child so much. But but this one, I it's just kind of hard for me to find an attachment to it um even though there's some things i I thought were good for its time i thought the special effects you know by today's standards we think they're horrible but you know i i you know i'm thinking in my head how did they do that in in that time you know so so i thought it was pretty decent for television special effects for for the time frame it, it was in so i like that uh, but as far as just the story overall, I just did not enjoy it. Um, not one bit. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the third doctor as an actor. And I think I want to see some of his solo adventures because uh, I think he, I'll really, you know, because you mentioned he's similar to Capaldi in some ways. I think I can really latch on to him as a doctor. But to me, just the adventure of them all come together it just didn't really catch me. Then I have to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear me, I have to disagree. Telling Clarence's opinion is wrong. Is that right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I respectfully, I have to respectfully disagree. I mean, and 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 not necessarily for the reasons that I'm dis I'm disagreeing necessarily with the reasons that you said that you did or didn't like it. I'm disagreeing because it has something that makes my mind go scree in the sense of you've got the three doctors together, maybe not on the same (laughs) screen, but it's the same person and it's three people, but it's really one person and they're talking to each other and that just makes it cool to me. And for no other reason because of that, I absolutely loved, um, you know, I, I really, really loved this. There's there's scenes, I will be honest and say that majority of what I go back and watch again is that first uh, episode, not the second, the third, uh, or the fourth. It's that first episode where you have the Doctor second and the Doctor third, you know, popping up together. That's that moment that's like really, really cool to me. Uh, and then, of course, when you have the third Doctor, you know, coming on the viewfinder and having the conversation and, you know, having that. Um, that that first um, episode is what just I latched to. So I enjoyed it because I got to watch that again. But <laughs> not, and I guess for the reasons why, or uh, either one of you said you did or didn't like it. I guess I'm going on a different route. It just makes my mind happy, and that's <laughs> at the end of the day, that's cool. That's all that matters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Can, can so can I mention a few honorable mentions? Okay. Uh, uh, 
first off, uh, was that a sonic screwdriver that he had? Because he had something in his hand that looked like it could have been, but I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's the one that would, that uh, Nardal uh, ends up using in uh, in the pilot, correct? Um, That's right. Which I thought was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's a great example of him using it as an actual scientific instrument instead of <laughs> yeah. uh, as uh, the yeah. war doctor says instead of a water pistol. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Build a cabinet? Up? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I thought that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. The whole premise of Omega willing everything into existence with his mind um that that didn't work for me at all (laughs) it i know they tried to explain it you know this is early days of television but it just really made no sense though him not having his head was like the coolest thing i've ever seen but uh, (laughs) but yeah i don't know it didn't didn't work for me at all (laughs) Well, let me. Yeah, see. I, I I remember uh, when I was watching it just uh, today, getting to that moment of him explaining that everything is there because he he wants it to be, <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, kind of thinking that's very convenient, isn't it? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah. How did you survive? And, I willed it into existence. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But yeah. Oh, well, wouldn't it be great? This is a fantasy of mine is to one day figure out how to make a, a, a cosplay costume, go to a convention. I guess yes. I think I'm too tall to pull this off, but I would like to, to build a costume such that your head is actually under the shoulder level of the costume of, <laughs> of Omega. So you could take the mask off and there'd be no head underneath. That wouldn't that be awesome. Oh, I'm sure yeah. somebody has done it. But... That would be awesome. <laughs> so let me oh, ask, oh, go ahead. The, oh, let me just. Oh, and the best freaking scream ever. When Omega screams when he found out he doesn't have a head. That scream is so good. I just want to like clip that and just play it over yeah, and no over. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Um. Yeah, uh, and, and now I'm and now I'm blanking on his name because I, I, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about was the actor who plays uh, Omega. Uh, he's somebody who has who is a, a radio actor, a voice actor, and he's done about a gajillion um, Audible books. Stephen um, Thorne. Thank you, Stephen Thorne. Yes, what a wonderful, wonderful voice. I mean, I, I don't know if we'd care about Omega other. Well, okay, the costume is awesome, but. Um, it looks uncomfortable. I mean, why does why has he willed himself to look like that? I mean, wouldn't you want to, you know, will yourself into like a pair of pajamas or something? All right. Like so let me say this about uh, whether it's Omega or Omega or whatever you want right, to call him. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, At least he had better sense in in his appearance in the Three Doctors, willing himself a, an appearance in the way he looked uh, when Stephen Thorne was playing him, than he did in the arc. Of infinity, ten years later, uh, in uh, the fifth Doctor's era, where it looks like he's got a hodgepodge bowl of putty for a head. Yeah. Oh, he comes yeah. back. Yes, he yeah. comes oh, back. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to see him in New Who. Make it happen, please. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I want him to be the empty suit. I mean. Because that's terrific. You know, when uh, during the Matt Smith era, when you had that voice going, silence will fall, you know, and when and before they started explaining what that was, 
the, people were speculating, and I remember reading that people were speculating that that voice was Omega. Hmm. But then, of course, it turned out to be the silence that, you know, so. Which is which is so funny because, I mean, again, I have my problems with the story, but to me, like him as a um, character, the look and feel of him, and even, you know, although I don't like the anti-miter, willing things into existence part, but the <laughs> the thing that he doesn't have a head, I just think that's like just villain wonderfulness. <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah. so great. Well, am I the only one who looks at him and, and thinks of Doctor Doom? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I could yeah, definitely say that. It's just, I guess a, megal, a megalomaniac in a suit of armor is always going to be doomed to me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I could say that. I mean, now uh, seriously, that that arc of infinity. I'm just like sitting here looking at it, saying, "Oh my goodness, whoever designed that?" I mean, I just want to yeah. look at him and go, "Really." <laughs> <laughs> Well, when we do five doctors, we'll be saying really a yeah. lot. Oh, well, that's so. true too. Um, yeah. I'm still me with confidence over here. <laughs> yeah, but, but for I, historical just... purposes, though, <laughs> right, you, right? You know, it was the twentieth uh, anniversary, so you know, right. you got to yeah. give. Um, you know, not everything can be the the uh, the day of the doctor, so you know. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, Clarence. I think I'm just trying to prepare you. Yes, I'm just <laughs> trying to cushion the blow. Hmm. But I'm also prejudicing you all over the place, so I, I'm going to shut up. But, yeah, who knows? He may really, really like it. Who knows? Well, that's true. But I mean, but yeah, if you think you saw a lot of rock quarries in this one, you're going to see more rock quarries in the Five Doctors, and I'm pretty sure it's the same rock quarry. <laughs> But the good thing uh, is we get to go to Condo's Condo before we go to the Five Doctors. All right, so, oh, yeah, we're doing that. Okay. So let me, let me ask you guys, do you know anything about Dr. Omega the book? Mm, hmm. No. So no. Appar- apparently there's a book called Dr. Omega that came out in 1906, a science fiction novel by French writer, writer Arnold Gallopin and oh. Nixon's it's apparently inspired by H.G. Wells, uh, some stories from H.G. Wells. Oh, and the get world. this, uh, the first interca- in- incarnation of the Doctor, as portrayed by William Hartnell in the long-running BBC science fiction series Doctor Who, bears a great resemblance to the illustrations of Doctor Omega in the original publication. So, hmm, very interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page about that now, and I'm a great fan of H.G. Uh, Wells and, and love any kind of derivative work, so I'm a little surprised I've never come across that before. But yeah, it's saying that actually at some point there was an attempt to try to say that the Doctor is uh, Doctor Omega, or the, or the Doctor Omega is the Doctor from Doctor Who. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, interesting. Yeah, Terrence Dix uh, did a forward for one edition of the book. That hmm. kind of stuff. So okay. Yeah. Wow, thanks for that, Clarence. I gotta check that out. Dr. Omega. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Le Dr. Omega. So so <laughs> you know, like did they have like a sequel called Dr. French. Omega and Nurse Alpha? <laughs> <laughs> if we did if we did it as a TV series today, that's what we That's what it would be called, yes. Dr. Omega. Yikes. All right, so have we talked the three doctors to death at this point? <laughs> for the for have. the two listeners who are still with us, 
<laughs> we we the doctor is about to regenerate. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right. So let me ask you guys, and Clarence, I'll go first with you. Do um, you have any closing statements, or would you like to tell where uh, others can find you, other than on this podcast, of course? Yeah. So I started another podcast, a Star Trek podcast, where we will be covering mostly um, Star Trek Discovery as well as any other Trek news. Uh, so, yeah, check that out at uh, stdpodcast.com. Interesting. Very interesting name. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know it's bad. No, just just let it be. <laughs> <laughs> let it be. All right, Mr. Shackelford, okay. what, what else could, uh, where else could people find you? I was just about to Google that and then realized I don't, I'm not sure. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, my my uh, science fiction drama series Relativity continues, uh, and um, so yeah, relativitypodcast dot com, and uh, all of the the iTunes and Facebook ways that you can find Relativity. Those are good ways to get in touch with me and see what I'm up to. And on Patreon, you can also and find on Relativity Patreon. Yeah. on Patreon. So absolutely and, check that out. And and discussing who is that right? It is forthcoming. We okay. Uh, we 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 have a few more uh, nuts and bolts to tighten and, and then release it. But yes, it will hopefully within the next week or within a week after, or maybe by the time this episode goes out, you can go to Patreon dot com and look up discussing who. So so Lee, I have a, a few questions for you real quick about relativity. Mm. Uh, have you mapped the story out? Until the ending of the end of the end, or I know you've done seasons, but do you 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 know the full arc? I guess I I actually do. I really do. I was at uh, Comic Con the year that J.J. Um, Abrams was there uh, as the uh, executive producer of Lost, and somebody asked that question from the audience: "Do you know how this ends?" And he paused a second. He said, "Yes," <laughs> in a way that made it clear to us that the subtext was no. Ah. <laughs> uh. But mm. so you have to understand, I'm telling you the truth. I really do know where this is going. I know what's happening. But uh, my goal for uh, episode 20 is just for people for the last the last second of this episode that, I, that I'm about to put up tomorrow is for people to go. What? What? So, yes, I've been so, many times this season already. That's it. Yeah. I, I, I hear <laughs> your voice in my head when I think this is what I want. I want to hear Clarence say. What? <laughs> I mean, I, I have to give I have to give you this. There are several. I'm one thing, and I purposely lost what I was thinking there because I'm trying to think of how to say this. I am I, I pride myself on seeing possible um, storylines and trying to figure out where something is headed. And I've got to give you credit. I am having very much difficulty trying to because because as soon as i think that i've got something thinking then something something makes me think something something and then i'm back to something something else so kudos to you for that thank you yeah well of course i have theories but i'm gonna tell the people out there listening we need a season three so Go to patreon.com slash relativity and back it. So, because I have, you gotta have season three. Come on, people. 
Exactly. <laughs> yes, please, yeah, because you, sir. yeah, because my brain needs to be able to say, "Oh, I figured it out." So yes, season I have, three. I have, a, I have another friend who just the other day said to me, "I think I know what's happening," and he told me his theory, and I thought, "That's really good. That's really good." He's wrong, but that's really you know. <laughs> So I may I may need to figure out a way to use some of that, but yeah. <laughs> so I I do want to have a relativity devoted episode coming up soon after you wrap uh, twenty. But I want to go ahead and ask this question um, mm. just because of what you just said. When when you have that mapped out and you hear somebody come up to you and say, "Well, you know, I think I've got it figured out," and figured out equals Y. When you had X being what it was supposed to be, (laughs) Mm -hmm. how tempting is that to say, hmm? Hmm. I I think you happen to have guessed correctly, he would say. Yeah. (laughs) No, but how how tempted is that for you to deviate from that, you know, that that goal that you're working toward? Mm. You know, is it is it there's no. You know, you, you're not even tempted to deviate, or is there that temptation to, hmm, maybe, maybe hmm. I do, you know, wind this differently? Yeah, yeah. I guess it would depend on, on what it is. I, yeah, I'm not sure that's ever really happened exactly like that. So I don't, I don't know. But you know, I mean, I, I teach creative writing. I have students. You know, I, I'm reading other people's brilliant ideas all the time. So I think I've probably developed kind of a callus there that I sort of <laughs> because I I could be stealing their stuff constantly, but I don't I don't you know I don't play that you know that's I just that I don't want to be that guy. So you know I just think of all these ideas that people tell me as just being theirs, and you know I'm not going to meander off with them. So and that and that and that goes a professionalism, but b you've yeah. trained your mind to do that where that's just like a. Because what you said, if you read it all the time or see all the time, you you steal yourself from, you know, you brace yourself and say, okay, this is mine. That's right. Contact. Yeah. So, yeah. Contact. Contact. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's right. The three of us, once we learn how to do that, we won't even need to. Skype. Uh, like, like Skype or anything. Yeah, we can just uh, Contact. figure out how to record that. There you go. Uh, so if you guys want to make uh, contact with us, you can do that by going to uh, uh, discussing who at gmail.com or, or not necessarily going to that, but opening up your uh, email client and sending us an email so that it does go to discussing who at gmail.com. You can send us a voice feedback, written feedback, and we will cover it on the show. So, um, Guys, thank you for discussing the three doctors with me. This was a very good conversation. Quite enjoyed it. And for everyone listening, we appreciate your time. And we will be back next time with another episode. But uh, the three of us should be back together soon for a review of The Brain of Morbius. Yay. Yay.
Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.